0: We are concluding our creating community unit this month. And we're gonna think a little more about the world. And I have, I think I have believed off and on during times in my life that if we don't, if we don't figure out how um, to get along, uh, we're gonna, destroy ourselves. And that just seems truer now than ever. But probably at every phase in my life where I have felt that, that would have been my reflection. So this is a lesson that I hope as a people we are able to learn before, before it's too late. But it's never too late, is it? Not in our consciousness. So, oneness in love. We're going to talk about love as one of the 12 powers today. Um, A question came up in the last couple weeks about where the 12 powers fit into unity teaching, so I thought this was a great opportunity to uh, mention the whole system. Spiritual tools for an abundant life. And all 12 powers are listed here. And you'll see on the right there is a, um, a, an abstract figure of a person with polka dots. And the dots represent the different powers and where they're located in the body. And today we're gonna talk about love, which on my computer looks like a pink dot. Pink is coming out pretty lavender today on our our screen, so, but it's it's the spot, um, Charles located it on the backside of the heart. So that's where the love center is in the body. Let's see, I think there's a pointer on this somewhere. No, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is, okay. There, love, okay, moving right along. The power of love, because each one of the 12 powers has a disciple and a color and an affirmation, a location in the body and the, the abilities that it encompasses. So this is that list for the power of love Just to remind you, in case any of you have forgotten this morning what love is. (laughs) And we're talking about divine love. Um, Our daily word for today, the one that Dan read, reminds us that divine love and human love have, have things in common, but they're not exactly the same. So we're going to take a look at that. The power of love is represented by John, the beloved disciple, which seems very appropriate. Seated at the back of the heart, it's represented by the color pink. And it is the ability to attract, to unify, and desire. Love is a magnet that pulls us forward. And the affirmation and affirmation is, I am a radiating center of love. It is still Lent, and it will be until Easter Sunday. Keep a True Lent is one of the first little books assembled from Charles Fillmore's teaching, and I know at least one of you is using it for your Lenten study this month. We also have a booklet, Fasting and Feasting, that some of you may be using. Both of those are tools, Uh, The Throne of Love is chapter 5 in Keep a True Lent, and it talks about divine love. And a quote from this chapter is, one good definition of love is that it is the feeling that excites desire for the welfare of its object. Our greatest good comes in the welfare of all. That was Charles's insight in the very late 1800s. And if any of you read um, Scott Peck's Peck's book, The Road Less Traveled, he talks about love in very similar terms. I don't know if he ever read Charles Fillmore, but it has come to be um, a popular understanding for what the highest form of love really is. That it's about wanting what's best for somebody else. So we're gonna look at three aspects of divine love this morning. The first is that we talk about principles in unity a lot and divine love is principled. I had a little revelation this week about our principles And it had to do with the fact that, as is true with principles in other areas, we believe in our principles because we believe they are true. And that means that they resonate within us. Divine love as a principle that seeks the welfare of others, I can't, I can't prove that. I can't, um, I, there's no mathematical formula for that. There is, um, it's not written any place in stone that people didn't write. But it's a principle that I choose to believe because it helps me to be the best me that I can be. And all of our principles really work like that. It's not magic, but it's truth as I have chosen to believe it and express it. And divine love, especially as distinguished from human love, is principled. When the substance of divine love is poured out upon all of our negative thoughts, then we're not bothered by them anymore. And this leads to joy, as Charles writes. The wonderful kingdom within us is developed through keeping the commandments. And we interpret that to mean commanding, controlling, and directing our every thought according to the harmonious law of love to one another. Love is a choice that we can always choose. Second, divine love is impartial. Many people who study divine love wonder why they can't develop it more quickly. Once learning about it, why isn't it Why isn't it easier to love everyone, to want the best for everyone that we love? Well, here's the reason. We make a wall of separation between the religious and the secular, between the good and the bad. But divine love sees no distinction between people when we let the truth of our being into our hearts and pull down the walls of separation, that's when we'll feel the flow of infinite love that Jesus felt. And finally, divine love is fearless. This is an aspect of love that I realize I don't, I don't think about very often but it's because unselfish love is fearless, because it forgets the self. It's all about what's best for you. When we know truth, we know that we are all one, that there is no separation whatsoever, and a sense of oneness is a natural product of that love. And it's accompanied by a consciousness of security that all is well. Through our sense of oneness with the all good, the greatest possible sense of security is realized. And as we have learned, perfect love casts out all fear. And that's why divine love is fearless. I want to introduce you to Amina Amdeen and Joseph Widneck. I ran across their story very recently and I was I was putting this together yesterday. Actually, I had a different idea about how I was going to go, but this story just kept wanting to be told. So, I took a bunch of stuff out so I could put this. In. <laughs> I think this is a Fabulous story, This uh, their story began in 2016 when they both went to a rally for then candidate for President Trump. Amina went to protest, and Joseph wore his Make America Great hat. At one point during this gathering, Amina looked over, and realized that there were, she, she'd never met Joseph, they didn't know each other. But she looked over and she realized there, were, there was a circle of people around him and she kind of perceived that they were threatening. And she, she didn't know anything but what she saw, this big guy in a Make America Great Again hat, seemingly being menaced by a group of people. So she moved a little bit closer and she said she realized that um, somebody was trying to steal his cap. And because she wears a hijab, and that has been kind of a point of controversy in her life, she said something just snapped, and she was not going to let those people mess with his hat. And she, she burst in and, and said, leave him alone. And she defended this guy, and, and the group scattered well, Joseph said that they were not only trying to steal his hat, but somebody behind him had a lighter and they were threatening to set his shirt on fire, which is pretty serious stuff, I thought. So this, this little lady burst in to save this big guy who's trying to save his hat, and they started to talk to each other. And they talked about what they had in common. First of course was their headgear. Then they went on to talk about the fact that they both knew what it was like to be ostracized. Amina is from Iran and immigrated here when she was 10 or 11 and always felt different in school. Joseph was homeschooled and never really felt like he fit in with his peers because he didn't really have a uh, a cohort to be part of. So they, since then, they have talked with various groups about how important it is to find that little bit of common ground and that we can talk with people very different from ourselves. Joseph admitted that Amina was the first Muslim he'd ever talked to. And so their story went viral, and they've taken it on the road. So I thought they were a great uh, demonstration of the oneness that is possible if we just pay attention to what's going on with somebody else. I thought she was kind of an unlikely savior for him, but she was evidently the one who heard the call. So. I was delighted to find that and be able to share their story. So, it is love that creates community. And it's love that's principled, which means we don't love just because it feels good, just because we want to, or there's something particular that draws us to another person. Love is always ours to cho- choose. And in unity, our, our whole faith journey is guided by principles. We teach that God is all loving, and that we're one with the essence of the divine. Well, because we're all created in the image and the likeness of God, our principles tell us that everyone is worthy of love. Everyone has that spark of divinity within them. So if we are in alignment with truth and living our principles, then it's natural to seek to love others as God has loved us. Divine love is impartial. I think this is my favorite one. There's a verse in the book of Acts where it says, God looks on no one's face which means not just our visage, but the divine makes no distinctions between us. And years ago, when, um, when I read a book about Catholic nuns, I realized that they are taught when living in community to love each other impartially. Don't single out somebody that you especially like, but, it's a principled, impartial practice to love everyone in the manner that we believe God loves everyone. So this is where our, um, the distinctions that we make sometimes form a stumbling block. They become fences or walls that keep us apart. But for real community to exist, we need to look past that and love without particularity. And finally, divine love is fearless and it makes us fearless. It casts out fear by shifting our focus to the welfare of others and away from ourselves and our fearful concerns. I thought Amina was a fabulous example of that. And so we're going to prepare for meditation now and take an opportunity to reflect on the way that divine love makes us community.